Here I am today again, Chapter 6, The Bold by Julian Clary. Hope you enjoy. Chapter 6 Following the fight with Mr. McNumpty, the bolds were all a little shaken up and they resolved to be more careful. Tails were kept well and truly tucked away. Caps and hats were worn at all times to disguise big ears and snouts, and everyone tried not to laugh too loudly in case they annoyed Mr. McNumpty. Luckily for them, however, Minnie was an understanding, trustworthy friend who kept her word and didn't tell anyone their secret. But they might not be so lucky next time. You know how it is, Fort. Once a hyena, always a hyena. Some things just can't be helped. There was no actual harm in laughing, or indeed scavenging, which comes very naturally to hyenas. But they had to do it on the quiet, that was all. Things seemed to be going well until one evening, when the bolds were having their family tea, lamb chops with chips and some acorns. Mrs. Bold had found beneath an oak tree in Bushy Park. Suddenly there was a loud knock at the door. Betty answered it, and was an angry Mr. McNumpty pushed his way past her into the kitchen. You disgust me, he shouted angrily at Mr. Bold. Good evening, Mr. McHumpty, said Mr. Bold politely. What seems to be the problem? I saw you rubbing your bare bottom on a lilac bush in the garden this morning. That's the problem, said Mr. McNumpty, getting very red in the face. Fred shrugged. There's no law against that, is there? I was simply marking my territory. Now, I think I'd better explain something here. You've probably heard how dogs mark the territory by weeing over everything. It's a pretty dirty habit, but there are dirty habits, believe me. Hyenas like to mark their territory too, marking their mar- making their mark and showing who is boss by wiping their bottoms on tree and bushes. It's not very nice, I admit, but there's no harm in it. Mr. Board had worked hard at being a human. He wore clothes, cleaned his teeth, used a knife and fork and even read newspapers. But there was no but there was one hyena habit he couldn't he couldn't give up. No matter how much Mrs. Bold told him not to, he liked rubbing his bottom on plants in the garden to mark his territory. A simple pleasure. But it was going to get him into a lot of trouble. But I digress. You filthy individual, continued Mr. McNumpty, and furthermore, your children knocked over my dustbins. No, he didn't, said the twins in usual. No, dear chap, said Mr. Bold. I'm sorry, but that was me too. You left a couple of shut bones in there, and I could smell them as I passed your bin this morning. Waste not, want not, delicious. Betty looked de- looked down at her plate and had suddenly lost her appetite. Mr. McNumpty made a strange growling noise. You filthy, horrible, revolting lot, he said. You live like animals. Why don't you go and live in Kenton Safari Park with all the other beasts? You'd be right at home there. And with that, he left, slamming the door behind him. The bold sat in stunned silence for a moment. Then Mrs. Bold said, Eat up, children. Anyone... For mint, mint sauce? I'm not eating this if it came from Mr. McNum, 
Jeez, Ben, said Betty, wrinkling her nose. All the more for me, then, said her father briskly, taking the plan, scraping the leftovers in, onto his own. Back in Africa, we couldn't think twice about it. everything gets eaten there. High, hyenas don't believe in waste. And rubbing your bum on the plants. How could you, said Betty, incredulously. Don't say bum, Betty. Say bottom, chipped in Mrs. Bold. Bobby started laughing. How could I, you ask, continued Mr. Bold, chomping on a, a chop bone. Very easily, sir. What's wrong with it? We do it all the time back home to leave our calling card. When we, when another hyena passes, they know whose territory it is. Betty looked as what she might throw up. Bobby's, but Bobby's eyes had definitely lit up at the thought of rubbing his bottom on plants. I've done it too, he admitted, outside the school gate. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. It just felt like the right thing to do. No one saw me for Good boy, said Mr. Bold, now licking the plate with his big hyena tongue. He felt very proud of his son, rubbing his bottom on plants. Bobby was growing up. Thank goodness you weren't spotted for it, said Mrs. Bold, sounding relieved. Mr. Bold let an, uh, an unusual loud laugh. You see, he said, we are hyenas. This is what we do. We laugh, we scavenge, and we rub our bottoms on things. Well, I'm not a scavenger, said Betty, and then, yes, you are, corrected your father. You're a hyena, and don't forget. Well, dear, said Mrs. Bold, trying to calm things. I think that's enough for now. We have tried to make our children fit in and act like humans, so please don't confuse matters by telling them it's okay to mark this and all over the place and rummage in bins. Mr. Bold sighed and scratched his head. You're right, I suppose, he said. Mrs. Bold leaned over and gave her husband a kiss on, the, on his snout. Are you missing the old country a bit, she asked quietly. Yes, I do miss it, and I wish the kids could experience it sometimes. I'm all for them using a knife and fork when we are out to blend with the humans' funny ways. But we don't need to use them at home, do we? What's the point of cutlery and plates? We should be able to be hyenas sometimes, in the privacy of our own home, surely. I'd like to see them tearing out their meat, scavenging the humans, and running around the garden with their tails and bottoms out in the fresh air. All the things we did when we were growing up. The twins looked on, concerned. They had never seen their father sobs, and they had never known such a long conversation without, with no one laughing. Are you worried we're forgetting our hyena roots? Asked Miss, asked Bobby. Yes, I guess I am, said Mr. Bold. I'm worried that I am too. Before we know it, you'll be proper human beings who no longer understand the human language and have to rely on supermarkets to feed you. Now, I know... I know you are probably thinking, what is animal language and what's wrong with getting your food from supermarkets? And I'm afraid I don't really have the answers for you. I'm not a hyena and neither presumably are you. And the fact is that as much as Mr. Bold wanted to live as a human, a part of him missed his old life. He would always be a hyena at heart and he wanted to keep that alive deep down. In fact, he wanted to shout about it. That night, Fred Bold dreamed he was home in Africa, running across the plains, catching antelope for dinner, wagging his tail whenever he felt like it, and laughing long and loud at the top of his hyena voice. 
He was making such a racket in his sleep that Mrs. Bold was woken up. She had to jab him several times in the ribs with her paw. But by the next morning, Mr. Bold had formed a plan. He and Mrs. Bold were sitting on the deck chairs in the back garden. Bobby, who had been very taken by the idea of marking scent, was sniffing at a rose bush and trying to resist the temptation to take his trousers down. And Betty and Minnie were flicking through a celebrity magazine, discussing who had the best hairdo. I've been thinking, said Mr. Bold to his wife, I think we need to go back to Africa for a bit. Introduce the kids to their relatives. Let them get back up to their hyenas' root. Have a go at practicing their animal language and maybe pick up a few new phrases. Mrs. Bold laughed. Darling, I would love to see my family introduce Betty and Bobby to my parents, but that is the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. How do we propose we get passports for little children? And what will we do if we can't get back to England? Airport security is very tight these days. Supposing they discover our secret and lock us away in a zoo. Mr. Bold sighed and shook his head. Oh dear, I hadn't thought of that, he said. We can't take that risk. No, we certainly can't, agreed Mrs. Bold. I love our life here in Teddington. I love this house. We love our jobs. And this and the pups are doing very well at school. This wasn't strictly true. Bobby had been told off yet again for laughing all the way through a lesson about the Black Death. But his mother didn't know about that. No, I'm sorry, dear, she continued. But we can't go to Africa, and Africa can't come to us. So we'll have to carry on as we are. It's a good life, really. Minnie, who had been listening to the, this whole conversation, looked up from a magazine. Something Mrs. Bold said had got her thinking. Animals might be cleverer than human beings, but sometimes human beings can come up with fairly good ideas themselves. Uh, Mrs. Bold, I think I know a way to bring Africa to you, she said. Do you really, Minnie, said an astonished Mrs. Bold, and let's hear it. It's for school holidays next week, so why don't you go on a trip to Kenton Safari Park? I've seen the posters and their slogan is, Bringing Africa to You. That's it, the perfect solution, said Mr. Bold, jumping out of the deck chair and rolling on the piato, laughing. And it isn't too far away either. Well done, Minnie, said Mrs. Bold. What a clever human being you are. All the commotion brought Bobby scampering up. The lawn. What's going on? He asked. We're going on an outing, said Mr. Bold excitedly. Next week to the safari park. That's the end of t of the chapter today. Hope you enjoyed chapter six. Please leave a review, like, and star us. Thank you for listening to this podcast.